Roto Grinders presents your first word in daily fantasy sports. The Morning Grind, Stevie TPFL and Company are here to jumpstart your analysis on today's DFS slate. Without further ado, here's your host, Stephen Young. Hey everyone, welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It is Friday, it's August 16th, 2019, and we have 15 baseball games to talk about here on today's slate. I'm riding solo today. Um, Grant and I were trying to record this already for the last 30 minutes, and with my internet being so crap, I'm hoping that I can even upload this. So I'm recording solo, and... um, Bear with me, bad internet, and hopefully we'll be able to get through it, and this is helpful. As always, appreciate everybody listening each and every day, and um, you know, when you're traveling, you never know what you're going to get, and it's one of those days where you wish you had better internet. Like, I don't even have good cell service to connect to my hotspot, so just one of those days. If you guys haven't already, make sure you head on over to FantasyDraft.com, sign up through our Roto-Grinders links, that way you get three months of Roto-Grinders premium for Fantasy Draft once you make your first deposit and start playing over there. And, um, yeah, if you haven't checked them out, make sure you check them out. So they got a bunch of stuff going on. Obviously, they got their big million-dollar NFL kickoff tournament. Uh, You can see the break-free memberships that they have over there on the site. And, um, you know, rolling out, still rolling out good MLB contests as well. They did their free roll for preseason NFL. I did not cash in that. My NFL preseason team was not good um, on this slate, so... Ready to move on. This baseball slate on Thursday actually went pretty well, even with a negative from my pitcher. So I'm going to take it. I'm going to roll with it. And we're going to move on to this slate where we get started with the Cubs and the Pirates, nine total. Hendricks against Musgrove. Hendricks, a 128 favorite here. Hendricks, you know, he's a guy that has some reverse splits when it comes to strikeouts. Grant was talking about it before we continued to get cut off and you know this is a guy that he liked and he liked him because he has a much higher strikeout rate against lefties so I think this is a spot that you can look at Hendricks um, to be a little different if they roll out this left-handed heavy lineup and you know Marte Newman Diaz probably the righties that are in there outside of Marte you're not too concerned there not a heavy strikeout team but he definitely has some upside here so definitely don't mind Hendricks, uh, Joe Musgrove, he's really struggled with lefties. If they roll out four or five lefties here, I think this is a spot you can stay away from Musgrove. Yeah, even when his numbers against righties, he has a higher strikeout rate. And, you know, the Cubs can strike out. So I don't hate Musgrove, but I would like him a lot more if they didn't have these left-handed bats in there. So I'm going to pass on Musgrove here on the slate. As far as the Cubbies go, um, you know, I don't mind the lefties here. You know, the problem with the lefties are... You're not really getting too much of a discount. Like Rizzo and, and Schwarber are both 4,500. That's not bad. Haps 42. He's not like in that value range yet. Um, so there's just not really those cheap bats that like you you like here. And like even on the Pittsburgh side of things, you like Marte because Hendrick is a little reverse splits. Um, but his price is not down. Like I think if I was playing anybody, it'd be Bell and just hoping for that that two home run game. He's five K. He's not fifty five hundred or anything like that. So he has two home run upside on any slate. So I, I don't mind Josh Bell at five K. He's been hitting the ball really well recently after struggling a little bit. Um, so I, I think that he's certainly somebody you could potentially look at in tournaments. 
So kind of summing up, you know, Rizzo, Schwarber, they're fine. Bell for the upside on the other side. Uh, both of these pitchers are definitely not in the worst spots in the world. Um, Musgrove being 6,200, you know, definitely appeals a little bit more. It's just He's going to be one of those guys you're going to really have to look at the lineup and see what the lineup looks like uh, before you make that decision. Brewers and Nationals, nine total. Hauser against Patrick Corbin. Corbin is a 154 favorite here. Um, you know, starting with Hauser, he, he's a guy here, 6,600, facing Washington. He went out and had a monster game uh, against Texas last time out. And the strikeouts have been slowly but surely increasing for him. So when you're looking at the spot, on paper, it might not be the prettiest spot in the world. Um, I, honestly, I don't hate it too much here. He really struggles with lefties. And depending on what lineup, like if Adams and Soto and Eaton and Cabrera are in the lineup, like it certainly hurts his upside a little bit, but he still can strike lefties out. He still has a 24, 25.4% strikeout rate against lefties. So you look at it and, you know, Adams, 34.5%, Cabrera, 25%, even Soto, 21%. So there's strikeouts in this lineup. Um, I don't hate Hauser here. I think he's certainly somebody we could potentially look at in this $6,000 price range. Um, Corbin, you know, Corbin's a guy, he's 10 6. You know, we, we have plenty of pitching to pay up for on this slate. You know, we're going to talk about the guy that's right above him, Luis Castillo, when we get to that game, 10-8 instead of 10-6. Um, you know, even Noah Syndergaard against Kansas City in Kansas City at 10-1. So there's definitely some better options um, in this price range. You know, outside of Hera, maybe Pena if he's in the lineup. This team just doesn't strike out against left-handed pitching. They have really good power numbers. They have good on-base numbers. Um, you know, they, they don't strike out. They, don't, they walk. Um, so Corbin would be a guy that you'd just be playing the ownership game on. He's likely going to be really low-owned here. So if you want to play the ownership game on him, I'm not going to talk you off of it. Um, but I, I do like options in this range better. As far as... As far as the Milwaukee bats go here, you know, Yelich is 5,600 against Corbin. I'm, I'm not going to pay that price for him, even though he might get a couple at bats against righties later on. But the rest of these guys are pretty cheap. You know, Ryan Braun's 3,800. Grandall's 3,700. Um, Kane's even 3,400 if he bats leadoff. Um, Harris, 4,300. So I don't mind maybe taking a one-off here. Uh, they should be low-owned against Corbin. And, you know, even if you look at Corbin's numbers, he still gives up a lot of hard contact. So, um I don't mind maybe taking a one-off or two uh, for the Brewers, just because outside of Yelich, um, they're pretty cheap on this slate. As far as Washington goes, it'd be the lefties. Soto's 5,100. I think you're going to find better options in that price range. Matt Adams is fine at 4,200. Um, Eaton, 44. He, he's a guy that, you know, you can always kind of count on to score some points. You know, he shows upside every once in a while. He's a guy that you can potentially get 15 fantasy points from. Um, 4,500 is not the worst price in the tag in the world. Estrubal Cabrera is 3,800. We talked about his massive strikeout rate. But he does have numbers against right-handed pitching, so um, I don't mind potentially looking at him. Padres and Phillies, 9 total. Chris Paddock against Vincent Velasquez. Um, this is a pick'em game, and I think it's more because Padres are on the road here just going into Philly. If this game was in San Diego, I think Paddock would be about a 140 to 160 favorite. Um, so... You know, there is that, 
but you know when you're looking at Paddock here, he has home road massive splits this season. Um, there's some strikeouts at the top of this order: Hoskins, Harper, Ramuto, all over 23% against right-handed pitching. Kingery over 20 23%. Uh, so there are some strikeouts here. I like playing Paddock more when he's at home than when he's on the road, um, just because like the, the the splits are definitely telling us that. There, there is a difference, but you're getting kind of a discount on Paddock today. He's 9,400. He's been a guy that has definitely approached over 10,000 a bunch this season. So I, I don't hate it, but Paddock's probably not a guy that I end up playing a bunch. Um, you know, I'm probably going to pay up or, you know, start to pay down. And I don't think he's a guy that I, you know, end up on. Um, you know, the other side of this game, Vincent Velasquez, He's a guy that really excels uh, against righties um, in the past, but this season has just been a rough season for Paddock, or not Paddock, um, Vincent Velasquez. 366 Woba to righties, 272 ISO, 328 Woba to lefties, 222, 224 ISO to lefties. The strikeout rate's over 24% to both sides, but he's given up a lot of fly balls and a lot of hard contact to righties this season. So for me, it's going to be a stay away spot um, for Vincent Velasquez, even with all these righties in there. Padres getting a ballpark upgrade here. I like Machado. I like Renfro. I think those guys are very solid in this spot. I don't really see anybody else standing out to me price-wise. You know, I, I like the price. Tatis, you know, being out, you know, certainly hurts this lineup, um, you know, dealing with that back injury. So maybe Margot, but I, I don't know if I want to pay Margot 4200 for Margot in this spot. So I think, honestly, it's just going to be Machado and Renfro here. Um, it is an upgrade to Vincent Velasquez with Tatis being banged up. As far as facing Paddock, Paddock's good. Like he's, he, he's legit. Um, he does give up a ton of hard contact, so you got to look at who gets the hard contact. It's the top three guys, Hoskins. Harper, Romuto, all over 45% against random pitching and hard contact. So if you want to take shots on any of those guys, I'm not going to hate it. Um, Indians and Yankees, 10.5 total. Um, Aaron Savell against Tanaka. Tanaka's a 166 favorite. Um, Indians put it on the Yankees on Thursday. What a, what a performance against that Yankees bullpen game. Um... You know, I, the Yankees are kind of cold right now, and Svell's actually been pitching really good since he got called up. He has a massive strikeout rate against lefties. It's just, I don't think I'm going to take a shot on him here. I think there's some options in this price range today that I like more than you know him having to go into Yankee Stadium and face the Yankees. He's 5,800. He's he's <laughs> he's pitched three games and he hasn't scored under 19. Like. There's upside at 5,800 if if he's going to be a guy that approaches no ownership. I, I think he's certainly somebody to potentially look at. Um, you know, his ERA is really low, and his XFIPs definitely suggest that there's some regression coming here. Um, so, yeah, like I said, I don't think I will end up playing him here. Um, and I, I, don't, I don't like Tanaka on the other side of this game. Tanaka's really been struggling with lefties. His... His Woba and his power numbers continue to go up. The strikeout rate continues to drop. And we know Lindor, Santana, Ramirez, Kipnis, um, Nyquen, like they're going to roll out enough lefties in this lineup that I think you can stay away from Tanaka in this spot. Um, and, and, you know, he's not really expensive at 7,300. So, you know, he, he's a guy you could potentially play to, 
you know, gain some leverage on the field that, you know, can put up 25 plus fantasy points. And, you know, he's been better at home this season, but I don't think this is a spot I target him. Uh, I just, this team just doesn't strike out that often and they have plenty of power. Cleveland bats. Just trying to look at pricing really quick here. Lindor's 5K. Santana's 4,900. Ramirez is 4,700. Um... I don't mind the $4,700 price tag on Jose Ramirez. I like the price tag on Kipnis at 4K. I think that's um, very playable here. Um, it's kind of it. You know, I, I don't mind a stack of Cleveland if you want to stack them against Tanaka. They abuse that bullpen on Thursday. So if they start rocking Tanaka, you might get the bad end of that bullpen again. So um, as far as the Yankees go... You know, Aaron Judge owes me a ton of money. He, he just is not hitting whatsoever right now. Torres is 4,800. He's been hitting the ball really well recently. Um, you know, Sanchez is 4,500. Didi is probably my favorite at 4,300. Um, again, Judge owes me money, but, you know, I, I like Didi the most at 4,300 as far as the Yankees go here. I'm not going to go out of my way with the Yankees on this slate, but 4,300 for Didi is, is certainly... Certainly in play. Um, Seattle at Toronto. We got Wade LeBlanc against Jacob Wagusback. Um, Wade LeBlanc here facing a Toronto team that, you know, certainly has some upside. They're probably going to throw an opener out there. Um, hasn't been announced yet, but we kind of have to figure, since they do it almost every time, that, you know, it's going to happen here. So, um, just looking at this spot, I, I don't really love this spot for Wade Blanc. Uh, you know, Toronto, they're full of young, you know, talented hitters on this lineup. So I don't want to go – I don't think I want to play LeBlanc here, getting a, a massive ballpark downgrade. Um, just just probably going to pass on him in this spot. Wagus Pack on the other side of this game, you know, obviously anytime anybody is facing Seattle – I'm super interested. So, um, he's cheap, and I think that speaks volume to potentially playing him here. He's not been pitching great, but he's had some decent games this season. So, if you want to take a shot on him here at 6,900, I'm I'm really not going to talk you off of it. The only thing that I'll say. Is he's not a guy that typically goes out and gets a bunch of strikeouts. Like he faced Detroit not too long ago and had seven strikeouts in that game, and that was fine. But he's not typically a guy that goes out and just blows the ball past people. But Seattle adds to that. Seattle's a team that strikes out a bunch. Um, you know, Seattle's going to roll out the lefties. He's had some reverse splits so far in the small sample that we've saw from him so far. So I do think that you know I, I think he's in play. As far as the Seattle bats, I don't mind Crawford or Vogelbach here. I honestly, I don't hate a stack if you want to go down that route either. Um, you know, Toronto bullpen's not very good, and Seattle's really, really cheap. I think the highest price hitter on Seattle is Kyle Seager at 4K. Um, you know, both both sides of this game very cheap. So um, you know, outside of Bo Bichette, who is 4,800, you can get. Really, you can load up on pieces in this game, and it's not going to cost you a ton. And, you know, Vlad, he's 3,900. Um, 
So yeah, Smokes thirty seven hundred. There's plenty of cheap bats in this game. You know, Crawford at thirty five hundred. Like plenty of ways that you can attack this game to save some money. So it's an interesting two three man um, to kind of build your four five man and load up on pitching. So definitely looking at that potential and possibility here for these bats. Cardinals and Reds. Adam Wainwright against Luis Castillo. Castillo is a one fifty favorite here. Um, you know, after yesterday watching Waka pitch as well as he did, like, you know, you know, you're a little concerned, but Adam Wainwright, 377 Woba, 215 ISO against lefties this season, high walk rate. The hard hit rate is, you know, the highest it's ever been in his career, 34% hard to soft contact ratio. Love the lefties here. Winker, Votto, Van Meter, Freddie Galvis is in there, Barnhart if he's in there, so don't really want to play Wainwright. Uh, Luis Castillo, I like a lot. You know, you look at this Cardinals team, and there are plenty of strikeouts in this lineup outside of, like, Yaddy and maybe Wong. He's not been striking out too much. But Castillo in a good spot here going up against St. Louis. I, I like Luis Castillo a lot. Um, he's a nice option if you don't want to pay all the way up for, like, a Verlander. Um, Charlie Morton's probably still my favorite play on this slate, and we'll get to him. But Charlie Morton's going to have a ton of ownership here facing Detroit. Like, he's going to be... Ultra chalk, facing one of the worst offenses in baseball. Everybody knows it. And he put up 30, I think almost 33 fantasy points the last time they faced each other. So Morton's going to be the chalk. I think Castillo's a nice pivot. Um, and maybe Verlander gets some ownership because he's Justin Verlander. He's facing Oakland in Oakland. Um, as far as the St. Louis bats go, I don't have any interest in St. Louis here. I'm going to pass on them. Um, the Reds, I kind of already said it. Like, I like the lefties. Van Meter, um, Winker, hopefully both of those guys are back in the lineup. I, I don't hate Votto. I don't hate Galvis. Um, you know, Aquino, he just keeps hitting home runs. So, you know, obviously you can play him. He's expensive. And people don't like to pay up for him at his expensive price tag. So I'm perfectly fine with that. But, like, you're getting Winker at 3800 and you're getting Van Meter at 3700 Like, those guys are just too cheap here today. Um, they make excellent value plays. All right, moving right along. Baltimore at Boston. It's 11.5 total. It's Aaron Brooks against Rick Porcello. Um, barn burner in this one. The Boston Red Sox have a 7.32 implied team total on the slate, which is the highest on the slate as I'm recording the podcast. Um... I'm definitely not playing Aaron Brooks today whatsoever. Um, that's a, It's an easy pass for me. As far as Porcello goes on the other side, you know, I don't mind pitchers against Baltimore, but as bad as Porcello has been this season, I just don't really see myself using Porcello here at 7K. I think there's better options. Um, I'd rather play Wagyu's back that we just talked about than playing Porcello. So he's just been awful. Um, as far as Baltimore bats go, I don't mind maybe looking at like a Mancini. Um, VR is kind of interesting here. VR is a massive ground ball guy, and Porcello has been giving up a lot of fly balls to lefties this season, so I don't mind maybe looking at a Jonathan VR or a Santander maybe. But this lineup kind of stinks, so I don't really have a ton of interest in playing Baltimore bats here. As far as the Red Sox go, obviously they're going to be a top-owned stack today. Um, you know, you're, you're stacking them as you're stacking cores today. They're just in a really good spot. There's some cheaper pieces here that you can get. Ben Attendee's 47, uh, Mitch Moreland's 45. So 
there's a few cheap bats that you can kind of look at to kind of plug and play around everything else. So I, I certainly don't mind looking at some of these cheap bats, but you know, Betts, Martinez, Bogarts, Devers, all very, very much in play here on the slate. Yeah, definitely don't overlook Boston today. They're in a they're in a lock and load type spot, and hopefully they can crush and um, outscore Coors, who is facing Miami. Um, Detroit at Tampa, eight total. Daniel Norris against Charlie Morton. You know we like left-handed pitching against Tampa. Then Norris has shown glimpses this season of pitching okay. I think there's a bunch of options on this slate where I don't have to play Daniel Norris at 6,400. I don't. I don't think I would hate on playing a Daniel Norris, but I just he's flashed upside from time to time. He really pitched well against Seattle. I just don't know if he's the guy that's just going to go out and dominate this Tampa team. So for me, it's going to be pretty much a stay away on him. But Charlie Morton projects as the highest raw point projection on the slate for me. He showed for a lot of people today. Like this is an amazing spot for him. He faces a team that really stinks and has a 30.5% K rate on the season. This team has a 22.4%. A lot of it's weighed down by Reyes and Lugo at the top, and they're under 100 at bats. So I think this is a spot you play Morton um, over Verlander because of the price. And you know, again, I think you can look at Castillo as kind of like a pivot option here to give you another option. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Um, as far as bats go here, I really don't like any of the Detroit bats. I don't think I'm going to pick on Charlie Morton. Um, certainly like Travis Darno here. He's a guy that, you know, we've been playing against left-handed pitching all season and he's been absolutely crushing it. Um, you know, you got to pay up for him now. Outside of that though, um, Brasu is not the worst play. He has a lower strikeout rate and he doesn't really walk. So I don't mind pick, playing him against, um, Daniel Norris. Jesus Aguilar is just... He's down in the ruts. I don't know what happened from season to season on him, but he's been pretty bad, so I don't think I want to play him either. Uh, Dodgers and Braves, we got a 10 total here. Kenta Maeda against Sorka. Sorka's a 122 favorite. Kenta Maeda, you know, I, I, he's a guy that has really disappointed this season just in general. And, you know, you kind of expected more from him. Um, the Braves have not been hitting great, and Maeda is coming off of a really good game against Arizona. But this is going to be a spot that I pass on Kenta Maeda. I think this is going to be a pretty high-scoring game in general. Um, Sorka on the other side of this game, you know, I'm a huge Sorka fan. I talk about him all the time. But my biggest issue with Sorka is he doesn't have a, a dominant left-handed strikeout pitch. Like, he uses a slider and change-up fastball combo. But he just doesn't have that, like, get-out pitch. And, like, that's just going to really hurt him here against this Dodgers team that is just very left-handed heavy in a ballpark that is very left-handed friendly. So I'm going to pass on him. And I think the Dodgers are a sneaky stack today. Um, I don't think a lot of people will be on the Dodgers because of 
Sorka being, you know, really good young pitcher. So the Dodgers are a sneaky stack. You know, you're not really getting a ton of um, discounts here when it comes to the Dodgers. You know, you're still paying up for Bellinger. But when you start going down Muncie at 4500 that price tag is super fair. Um, you know, Seager's 4K, Jock's 4K, BD's 4K. Um, there's plenty of ways to get exposure here to this team. So I, I like the Dodgers um, quite a bit here. Um, as far as the Braves go, again, I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. I think you can look at Free Money Freddy. I think you can look at Acuna. I think you can look at Donaldson. I like lefties a lot more against um, Maeda. So, like, I'm probably going to favor, like, an Albies and Freeman combo. Maybe throw in McCann to make it three. And um, I think they're a good little three-man. Like, Kenta Maeda is still generating a ton of soft contact against righties. So, you don't want to load up on the righties here. But I do think they're in play if you're looking at stacking this team. Um, up next, we got Minnesota at Texas. Nine-and-a-half total. Oda Rizzi, Mike Miner, pick them game. This is a weird game for me. Um, like, I don't hate Oda Rizzi here, but I do think they have too many lefties, and he's just really kind of struggled with lefties. But on the flip side of him struggling with lefties, he just has a big K rate to lefties. My issue is the hard contact and fly balls that he allows to both sides of the plate in Texas. It seems like a stay-away spot for me on Oda Rizzi. I could see him having a good game here. I really could. But at 9,200, I think he's just a guy that I kind of stay away from here and just hope that he doesn't go out and dominate this game. He's been pitching really well recently, and I want to respect that, and I want to respect him just in general because of his massive strikeout ability. But on the flip side of that, I also want to respect this ballpark and you know him being a fly ball hard contact guy. you know, you got to kind of respect this ballpark, in my opinion. Mike Miner, he's been pitching really good this season. The problem is Minnesota is just not a team that strikes out against left-handed pitching. They're around 20%, but a lot of that is because Sano's at 34%. They only have three guys in the projected starting lineup with strikeout rates over 20% against left-handed pitching, and Scope is at 28 and Sano's at 34 So they weigh that a lot um, as far as an overall average. Honestly, this is a game that I don't really love in general. I hope this is like a 5-4 to four low-scoring game with a, with very few home runs, if any. I don't really love anything as far as the pitching goes. Again, I, I could see both these guys potentially having good games. Um, and I kind of agree with Vegas. I think this is a coin flip game. I don't think that anybody is a lock and load play in this spot. As far as the Minnesota bats go, Garver's interesting if you can find him on... Like maybe on like a Fanduel if he's cheaper over there. Um, Sano is a strikeout or hard contact with a lot of power. CJ Crone is probably my favorite bat from Minnesota here. But you look up and down this lineup, they have you know seven seven guys with ISOs over 200 against left-handed pitching this season. So there's plenty of upside here if you want to try to take a, a low-owned Minnesota stack against Miner. Um, as far as Texas goes, you want lefties against. Odorizzi, Chu, Santana, Mazzara, Calhoun, Odor. Any of those guys are fine. You know, I don't think I'd play the righties here as ISO numbers continue to be very low against righties, even despite giving up a ton of hard contact. Mets and Royals, Syndergaard against Mike Montgomery, 9.5 total here. Um, you know, Syndergaard's another really good option at the top. 
it's been a hit or miss season for for Noah, but you know you look at it as Woba's right around three hundred, his ISO is minus one or under one fifty. He has plenty of strikeout ability against righties, and this lineup has plenty of righties in it that strike out. So Syndergaard's a guy that is an interesting value guy off the off the other guys that are in this price range. He's ten one when a lot of these guys are are much higher priced. So. We know Syndergaard has the ability to go out and dominate games. This game's in Kansas City. It's not the greatest ballpark for hitters. So I, I like Syndergaard here. Mike Montgomery on the other side of this game, he stinks. He's bad against lefties. He's bad against righties. Um, on any other slate, if there wasn't so many bats on the slate, like I would potentially be stacking Mets here. I do like some Mets here. I like Pete Alonso a lot. He's expensive. J.D. D- Davis is expensive. He's another guy that's really interesting. Ahmed Rosario's 4K, he's very much in play. Um, even Todd Frazier at 3,900 is in play. And I don't hate Wilson Ramos at catcher. I just wish he was a little cheaper. So, yeah, those are the guys that I'm kind of looking at here, um, with Alonzo definitely being my favorite. But um, I do like Rosario at shortstop position that you can get some upside from him. As far as the Royals bats go, I really don't have any interest here. Like, you can try to pinpoint where the one home run or two home runs are going to come from, but... Syndergaard still has a 1.8% hard-to-soft contact ratio against righties this season. He's just not getting rocked by righties. And the two power bats in this lineup are Dozier and Solaire. They're both righties. So just don't see a ton of upside from them in this spot. Moving right along here, going fast through these games. Again, like we've messed around so much trying to record earlier. Hopefully this is helpful and... Um, We'll be back normal on Monday and apologize now for going so fast, but just giving you guys my thoughts and cruising along here. Marlins and Rockies, 12 total. Sandy Alcantara against John Gray. John Gray is a 210 favorite here. Um, I have zero interest in Alcantara. Not going to even attempt to play him. Um, John Gray's 8K against the Marlins in my in Colorado. Like, I'm not going to say I'm going to play him, but I'm not going to talk you off of playing John Gray here. You know, he's a guy that has plenty of strikeout ability. So if I'm looking for some upside here, I don't mind going to a guy like Gray. He's really going to be a guy that, like, I'm going to look in and kind of see what Jamino has him projected at, projected ownership-wise, before I like, make a full decision on him. But I do think the upside is there. Miami's not a team that is going to hit a ton of home runs, if any. They, you know, they're not going to hit a bunch of balls into the gap and stuff like that. So, I really don't hate Gray here. Like the strikeout upside's there. He has a 25% K rate against righties. You know, you look up and down this lineup. There's plenty of strikeouts in this lineup. So, don't hate Gray. Um, as far as Miami bats go, you know, kind of just looking through here. You know, Anderson would be interesting if he wasn't 4,700. Cooper is a little interesting at 4K, but if Granderson's in there, maybe Granderson. Any of these cheap bats is one-offs just to fill a lineup spot. Um, but again, you know they're cheap for a reason. As far as the as far as the Rockies go here, Alcantara, he, you know, low low strikeout rate to lefties for sure, high walk rates. You know, he just doesn't give up a ton of hard contact, but this game's in cores. He's going to – he gets a massive ballpark downgrade, one of the worst you can get. So I like Blackman. I like Murphy. Um, I'm definitely not going to hate on Story or Arenado either. 
like the 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 Rockies are the side of this game to play. They have the second highest implied total on the slate. It's no shocker here. Um, you can definitely play the Rockies. Giants and Diamondbacks eight and a half total. Jeff Samarge against Mike Leak. Leak a one thirty two favorite here. Very disappointing game from boy Young on Thursday. Like I said, cashing with negative from your pitcher always kind of stinks. Anyway, Jeff Samarja. He's really struggled with lefties this season. He's been decent against righties. Um, anytime you get him out of, out of San Francisco, he's just kind of a downgrade for me, um, especially in a lineup that is probably going to have six lefties. 340 Woba, 237 ISO, 210 average hit distance. Again, once you get him outside of San Francisco, it's really not a, a spot for Shark, in my opinion. As far as Mike Leake goes, he just doesn't have the K stuff. Like, I don't think he gets blown up here. I don't think that he is the worst option in the world here. But at 6K, with all these guys around him that have strikeout ability, I just don't see myself using Leak. He puts up some games where you know he just has a dominant game every once in a while. But I just don't think this is one of them. Um, as far as the bats go here for the Giants, I don't mind Dickerson or Belt or Yaz. Um, those would be the three guys that I'd target. <laughs> My soft spot maybe for Scooter Jeanette. Um, he's thirty two hundred, but I would much rather find the five hundred dollars and play up pay up for Van Meter than play Scooter today. Um, as far as the Diamondbacks go, I think any of these lefties are really in play. It's going to be price shopping. Peralta was one of my favorite hitters on Thursday, and he didn't do nothing. I don't mind going back to the well on him at forty one hundred. Um, Marte is super expensive and Escobar super expensive, but it is, it is a really good spot for those guys. If you want to be contrarian, maybe on a late slate or something. Um, Alex Avila, if he's catching 3,900, I don't hate him. Um, White Sox and Angels, 8.5 total here. Lucas Giolito against Patrick Sandoval. Sandoval is actually a 130 favorite here, and I think it's more of just you know facing the White Sox than him facing off against Giolito. You know, you look at Giolito, um, he's 11K going up against the Angels. He has massive upside against anybody, to be honest. But the the problem with him here is more of just this price tag for a team, facing a team that just doesn't strike out very often. So I'm going to pass on Giolito. If it was a different slate where we didn't have a ton of guys, I, I think you could play him. But if this lineup comes out and it's like Stassi, if Dice is in there, if Upton and Kowloon are in there, there's some strikeout ability. So if he's going to be 3 to 5% owned on this slate and that lineup rolls out there, don't be afraid to take a shot on him in tournaments. We know he has the massive K upside if he can get around you know, Trout, Otani, and those guys at the top. Sandoval has been really good since being called up against righties. If they roll out a full right-handed heavy lineup here, you know, he has some strikeout ability against righties. He uses that changeup. He's really been throwing just fastballs and changeups, and his changeup has a 53% whiff rate in a very small sample size. So the other thing that you kind of have to like here is this this White Sox team is just absolutely terrible against changeups. They're one of the worst teams in baseball against changeups. I don't think anybody in this lineup has a hit distance, in my model anyway, um, over 300, average hit distance over 300 against changeups. So... This is actually a really decent spot, um, and Sandoval is 7,800, which makes him a little bit more appealing because he's in that price range where I think a lot of people will go down 
Um, so I, I like it. You know, you have to worry about him walking people, but they have let him throw over 95 pitches and back-to-back starts. So that's definitely encouraging here. Honestly, I don't like any of the White Sox bats. You know, you're looking at these guys' numbers against changeups. If he commits to throwing the changeup as much as he has in his first two starts, I think they're really going to struggle here. So I don't really like any of these guys. Um, as far as the Angels bats go, I don't mind maybe taking a one-off shot on like a Trout or Otani, um, maybe Calhoun. Not going to go crazy here when it comes to the Angels bats because Giolito is a really good pitcher, and I don't want to go out of my way to target him in this spot either. Like, this game has an 8.5 total for a reason. It has one of the lowest totals on the slate. They don't really expect this to be a high-scoring game, and I kind of agree. Houston at Oakland, 9 total. Justin Verlander, Tanner Rourke. Verlander's a 198 favorite here. It's a really good spot for Verlander. He has massive K rates to both sides of the plate. It's a ballpark upgrade. Um... You may be a little bit of a downgrade for strikeouts as far as Houston to Oakland. But it's a spot that he should be able to dominate this team. I'm not going to talk anybody off of Verlander. He's one of the best pitchers on the slate. Talent-wise, he's definitely the best pitcher on the slate. He's been absolutely dominant this season. Just put up 37 against Oakland not too long ago. Uh, put up 31 against them earlier this season. So you're paying you're paying for him. Um, and, and that's one of my issues when you know Morton's cheaper, Castillo is cheaper. But if you want to pay up for Verlander, it's a guy that you can always pay up for. Tanner Roark has been really good against righties this season. 282 Woba, 119 ISO. This lineup's very right-handed heavy. The problem here is there's just no strikeouts in this lineup. Um, and Tanner Roark, 7,900. Give me, give me a shot on like a Sandoval at $100 less than Tanner Roark today. Um, there is going to be spots down the stretch that we play Rorick, especially when he's pitching at home in Oakland. You got a massive ballpark upgrade in home ballparks from Cincinnati to Oakland. So, you know, there's that. Um, I really like Jordan Alvarez today. I, I think there's a high probability he hits a bomb here. Um, I also like the spot for Brantley, who is really cheap. Like, he's 4300 There's a ton of upside here at this price tag for him. So I really like this price tag for him at 4300 Um can kind of be your late-night hammer. Um, as far as Oakland goes, I don't want to go out of my way to play Oakland bats here. Like, he's already dominated this team twice this season. I played Olsen quite a bit. Like, he was one of the reasons that, like, even from a negative for my pitcher, I'm still making money. So, I, you know, it's just one of those things where I just don't want to play these bats against a, a Justin Verlander. Play the morning grind game. Again, appreciate you guys listening. Sorry it's solo for a 15-game slate. Really try to do these with other people. But I wanted to give you guys something instead of nothing, so I decided to go ahead and just record a solo podcast. It's going to be way quicker than it usually is. I went through stuff really fast. You don't even have to, like, one one and a half X me today because I went through stuff so fast today. Um, as far as my pitcher under 8K to get seven or more strikeouts on the slate, um, I'm going to go, man, there's two guys that I really like for this, this today. Um, I'm going to go with Sandoval, but I'm going to, since I'm doing it solo, the other guy I was going to say to give you guys, um, kind of a bonus pick today. 
was um I can Hauser. Hauser was the other guy that I was gonna say. Um because I really like his ability to potentially get six or more strikeouts today. So he was gonna be the other guy that I said, but I'll go with Sandoval. Um over 8K to get under 15. Who's my bust today? Um I think there's too many lefties today for Sorka. And he's a guy that I, I really like, and I just think that he's a guy that I'm going to stay away from on the slate. My homer over 4K, um, not in course field today. Um, let's see. You know what? Give me... Give me Jordan Alvarez. I already kind of said it when I was going. I'm going to say he hits one out tonight. Um, under 4K to get two hits. Give me Winker. Uh, I like Winker a lot at 3,800. And a stack to score six or more runs. Give me the Dodgers. Um, I'm going to say Sorica goes under, and I'm going to say the Dodgers get over six runs today. So playing both ends of that game, and um, like I like it a lot. It's something that I like uh, quite a bit today. So, on that note, we're, I'm going to get out of here. I hope everyone has an awesome weekend. Um, you know, obviously, there's NASCAR content. That's why I'm in a hotel and we're traveling this weekend for the race. So, if you want NASCAR content, rotogrinders.com slash NASCAR. We do have our college football premium up now, rotogrinders.com slash premium slash CFB. Um, the crew is absolutely loaded for that. So, there will be no video today for the podcast because obviously I'm recording this um, on software where I didn't have to use internet. And um, again, hopefully I can upload it. I hope everyone has an awesome weekend. We'll be back to normal on Monday. Again, I apologize. I hope this was helpful and um, hope everyone has a great weekend. I'll see you guys on Monday.